Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. John 13. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, A lot of translations say as supper was going forward or in the middle of supper. And you can do the word study on ended there, but it seems to appear throughout the bulk of the KJV in the way that this is used from the original translation that supper was taking place. The devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he he riseth from supper. Everyone say he got up. He laid aside his garments. He took a towel, girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe with the towel wherewith he was girded. I'd like to preach to you on the thought on the screen displayed behind us here today. This is my title. I want to preach with a towel and a basin of water with a towel and a basin of water. Two weeks ago, we talked about those children. We talked about that rich young ruler. We talked about that blind man and that Jesus served them where they were. Today, I bring us into the narrative of John 13 and ask us, How does Jesus serve us that are closest to him? And how is he teaching us to serve others? If you want to be like Jesus, I'd ask that you'd pray with me for a moment that his word could do its work in our lives. Lord, I want to do my very best to be your servant. I pray that you would help me. I want to be encouraging. I do want to be strengthening. I want your word to do what only it can. I recognize that I speak today from the context of a man who's lost a family member and the emotions that are there. I also recognize that you've arrested my heart and my mind with this thought and this narrative for this very morning. If you would somehow allow these lips to make sense of this story, I think we could all be better because of it and I know that's your desire. So I pray for your help in this house, that every ear would hear and every heart would be open. 
that we might grow because of your word. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and let everyone say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. With a towel and a basin of water. I'm sorry to the KJV purists that wanted me to spell that B-A-S-O-N. <laughs> Some of you didn't get that. Some of you don't care. Some of you now want to know what people laughed about. With a towel and a basin of water, it would be reaching backwards and then soon forward, the interwoven tapestry of both triumph and tragedy that would surmise what it meant to be a disciple. Following Christ sure had its series of exciting highs. But as they had already began and were soon to learn, there would be some Staggering lows that also are a part of following. Faithful followers are not faithful based upon the good, certainly not upon the bad that ebbs and flows with the uncertainty of life, but rather they are considered faithful because regardless of what takes place, they just follow. I would ask a question to begin our time here today, and this question is fairly easy, and if we're not careful, we answer very quickly because the question seems so easy, but I would ask you to at least give thought when I ask this question, would you like to be found faithful? Would you like to be found faithful to Christ? I ask myself, and I speak the words out loud, and I do it with a smile because the truth is cutting and it is exhausting. And it will take us in, at times to the very innermost of our being. And it will ring us out. For to be faithful is sometimes easier said than done. Could I get a, maybe a hearty amen from the crowd on that? It is one thing to proclaim in the dynamics of worship with our team. Who so powerfully and gifted get up and begin to proclaim. And as they did just moments ago. And I was thinking as Sister Gallion was leading us in worship. And these praise singers and musicians. How blessed we really are. And the dynamic of what it means to worship God. And I listened as all the hundreds of voices across this room were singing. And hands were lifted. And it was obvious that hearts were open. Because it's a great thing to be led into worship. And if only it always felt that way. But could anybody that just testified you'd like to be faithful, could you also testify it doesn't always feel the way in life it did 15 minutes ago during worship service? Come on, I need some real people in the room that... that you understand it feels good in worship service. It even draws us back. But there are times at Tuesday by 11 a.m. I could use a little bit of that. <laughs> and the truth and the tragedy of the disciples and the life and the lifestyle that had been lived in front of them was that of the servants, the servant that would lead them. It was more than just a 
It was more than just some surface lifestyle, but it was deep into the heart of who Christ was and what Christ was trying to create them to be. I want to tell everyone in the room today, as simply as I possibly can say it, God has plans for your life. In fact, this would be a good time. Why don't you find someone near you and tell them these words? God has plans for your life. God has plans for your life. And for some of us in this room, knowing that God has had plans for our life has kept us in times of that trial and that tragedy. When triumph was not there and tragedy came close, it was that plan of God for our life that kept us and sustained us. And most of the disciples that we're reading about and that we are going to study and look at and, and the disciples that would walk alongside him, the teenagers in the room and the young adults are more firmly affixed in that place, that generational area than most of us in this room. They were younger men whose lives were lying ahead of them and he called them into this place and he called them out of things and into something new. He took them from being the fishermen of fish and made them the fishers of men. How many know what I'm talking about here today? He takes us and uses us and pulls us into that which he has designed us for. And I, I, I don't want to belabor this, but I do want to fulfill what I feel from God right now in this moment. And that's to tell every person in the balcony and every person on the main level that will hear me right now, regardless of what any person has ever said to you or about you or done to you or regardless of all of that, God has plans for your life. God has plans for your life. I might even take it one step further if someone might agree with me here today. If the devil could have, he would have kept you from being in this house on a Sunday morning and hearing the word of the Lord and feeling the worship. But the enemy of your soul is not the keeper of your being. There is a God that loves you and desires for you to be in his will and fulfill his purpose. And God forbid that we ever be saved so long that we forget to tell others this. I've got news for everybody in the room. If you're saved, it's to help save someone else. If you have been saved, it is to serve. Well, I don't know how I feel about that. It's okay. It's the book. If you have been saved, if you have been sanctified, if you have been redeemed, it is for the purpose so that someone else might be able to gather the witness of your life. He is good. And his mercy does endure. 
And life will have tragedy, but it will have triumph. And regardless of the up and down, those of us who answered in the affirmative to my first question that want to be faithful to him, there are days you got to walk in here when you don't feel like it and everything seems to be against you and the, the money is not there and the health is not there and the dilemma seems to abound and yet you walk in here and say, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Why? Because he's been faithful to me. I know I've got a lot to make up, but he, he is the very statue of faithfulness. He is the very epitome of faithfulness and I wanna be like him. I wanna represent him well. I want to be found faithful and he has walked these disciples through some, some unique situations, some incredible highs, some incredible lows and on the heels of the particular story of the individuals that I mentioned at the beginning from two weeks ago. They have been with him in some amazing moments. Can I tell you that it's a good thing to talk about good things? <laughs> in a world that celebrates the negative, let us not too easily lend our lips to the lasciviousness of this world. Talking perversion and allowing our voices to be joined with the masses of negativity. We need the power of testimony on display in the body of Christ. For anybody that's ever been in a place where you know it was the Lord. You know it was the Lord that healed your mama. You know it was the Lord that healed your body. You, you know it was the Lord that made a way when there was no way. I will tell you that those experiences that were able to be forever pinned in the holy writ so that heaven and earth might have to take acknowledgement of the grandeur of God. There are modern day miracles that set amongst us in this very room. As I open speaking of the tapestry of tragedy and triumph, I would say that same fabric is woven through this very assembly here today. And while there have been devastating losses, there have been some incredible, incredible victories that are on representation in this room. And I know maybe you haven't talked about it in a few years, but there are people in this room right now that you almost died as a child, but they prayed and God kept you. Or you there are people in this room right now that some 20 or 30 years ago, your back was against the wall and you thought that it was over and hardly anybody knows that story. But every now and then, you ought to just go ahead and remind hell that you know where you came from and you know what God has done in your life and you know what he's done in your family and you know what he's done in your mind. And I feel that right now. Some of you wouldn't want anybody to know the thoughts that were in your mind. But God reached down into your life. And he took those out. And, and it might not have been the children. And it might not have been the blind man. And it might not have been the... But it's your story. And it's your testimony. And when you open up your mouth and... When you open up your mouth and praise God, you're able to serve even the devil notice. I remember what he's done for me. I remember the goodness of... Anybody remember the goodness of God? 
Let us never be a people that have forgotten. Wait a minute. He's been good to me. He's been good to my family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been good. How many remember the way the song used to say, God's been good. Who can do that next line? He's. Some, some people are like. Who knows the rest? He's been. I can tell some people went to different churches that sang different. <laughs> However you sing it, you ought to sing it. Oh, God's been good. He's really been good. Come on, that's what that group of kids in Kentucky's doing. They're just getting in a room and saying, I don't know. But he's been good and I think he's here. And I... Oh, I wish somebody in the room would testify about the goodness of God. <laughs> he's good. Come on, it'll put a smile back on your face. It'll put clap back in your hands and leap back in your feet. But no matter how good he's been, there's an upper room coming. And we like to talk about the room with outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but this room, not so much. Some people, as soon as I read my text, were worried how far into this foot washing thing I'd go. I felt toes curl all over. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the time, ladies and gentlemen, the time is coming. The betrayal is soon at hand. This is more than just a good dinner. More than just a supper that can be painted where they all eat on the same side of the table. Yeah, some of you never thought about that till just now. They had the whole table. They had the... <laughs> Most likely, history would tell us it's a small coffee table style, U-shaped table where they would have been sitting around. Forgive me if you study and you see it different. But I see them still enamored by proximity to Christ. Oh, help us never to a place where we are no longer enamored by proximity to Christ. The meal would be wonderful, but the words would be better. They had no idea, Brother Massengale, what was about to be taught this night. What was about to be taught on this evening. For, for in this time of supper, there, there is custom and there is what is considered Normal and right and regular. And of all the things that possibly could have ran through their minds, what is about to happen was not there. 
They were not prepared for Christ to arise and to take off his garment. Um, Pastor Lopez, come help me. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm not, I'm not sorry, actually. <laughs> I just need your help. Pastor Lopez, the Bible says, Colton, come up here, run up here. The Bible says that Christ arose and he took off his garment and he left. You guys just be seated here at this table, if you will. Just sit on both sides of the table for me, if you will. They're feasting. In no way do I want it to be able to be said that I'm trying to portray Christ well. This is not an Easter drama. We could have kept Brother Brosom over if we wanted that. <laughs> but he, he gets up and he takes off his garment. I want to say, it's hard to serve without humility. I'm heavier than I want to be on a Sunday morning in my spirit, but I must tell you, service without humility. It's not an, it's not an easy thing. And I don't want any camera close-ups on their feet. Because I didn't give them good warning. But while they're still at what should be this normative moment of feasting, Christ takes on that of the servant. And the optics have switched. It's tough to feast when Jesus is washing your feet. There's a moment that's about to take place. The Bible says that he, he gets up and he takes that water. Now we know it was the custom to wash the feet, but he takes that water. Brother Henderson, you know, we've talked about this, how much I try to get in to the narrative. And I've tried to listen. I've tried to hear the sound of the water. You know, sometimes when... Sometimes when the Lord is pouring things out, it might seem awkward, but he's trying to teach us. He's trying to. And they're in sandals, not dress shoes, but there's this pouring out into the basin. And then according to the text, something incredible begins to happen. Colton, won't you save the people and take your shoes off? You can save the people some time. But there's this thing that begins to happen. They double knotted their sandals and. <laughs> you scared someone was going to try to steal them off of you in the middle of <laughs> service? Or... Now listen, I'm going to tell you right now, 
if I'm a disciple, I don't want this moment. As much as he doesn't want this moment, which is why we're doing it, I'm trying. How many know a little bit of sugar helps the medicine? Trying to bring a little levity so we can maybe catch this moment. Our Savior, the one we sing about, whose moments from betrayal starts dragging a basin around the table. I'm going to let you be Simon Peter in this illustration since I think you're the kind of guy that would match that and Thank God for that pedicure that worked out. <laughs> Anybody remember being a part of a foot washing service and your feet looked the best they had ever looked unless the pastor didn't tell you it was coming? People getting sick, leaving. And it was always easier. Let me tell you something. Many of you that have ever been a part of an old-fashioned foot washing service, some of you think this is the craziest thing. I'm just reading to you from John 13. This is what he did. But any of you that have ever grown up and ever were a part of something like this, a service of humility, you can testify it was, it was easier to wash someone's feet than let them wash yours. Because sometimes the hardest part of serving Christ is being served. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And Christ, he's already been declared the Lamb of God. They have watched him raise the dead. They have watched him heal blinded eyes. Simon Peter has already seen the transformative work that he's done in his life. He's changed him in such a way, and yet with the sloshing of the water, he begins to take, listen, these are no regular feet. These are sandaled feet in the dirty streets of this city. This is the one of whom John said, the one that cometh after me is mightier than I. The latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down. That one is now on his knees with his hands in the water, washing the feet. Here's the theological argument. Because he's, he's about to take the feet of this disciple and he's about to dry them. And he's about to, and everyone is, they're, they're sitting there slack-jawed by this bizarre moment of service. And theologians have done everything they can to reason Judas out of the scenario, but I can't find it. I can't find him not there. 
I've studied it. I'm telling you, I've read their commentaries. I've worked through their pages. I've called those close to me to judge me on the text to make sure that it makes sense. But I can't find it. I can't find him not there. I, I can read from John 13 from the beginning and forward. And I can go back and read. I can't find him not there. I can't. I can't find that Jesus isn't going to start washing. And when he starts to wash Peter's feet, how many members said, Peter said, you ain't washing my feet. And Jesus said, that's fine, but you can't be any part of me. And he said, then wash my. Can I tell you, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know this is too heavy for a Sunday morning. I don't know. Unless we want to serve, we can't be a part of his. We, we, just, we just can't. It's humility and it's service. But I've listened, I've listened to the sound of the ground and the sloshing of that water while that basin gets drug over. And I'm sorry that for the illustration, you got to be Judas, but you can handle it. Colton, what I need your generation to know and what I need my generation to remember is that he's about to wash the feet that are going to run to betray. Serving isn't serving just because they're on your side. I want you to lift your hands with me for a moment. I feel like God's trying to do something in this room. I, I hope... Oh, God, help us here. Help us here for a moment. While you're praying, would you pray, God, speak to my heart what you're needing to speak to me here today. I, I want to belabor this just for a moment. God, speak to my mind and my heart what you're trying to speak to me today. Let me receive what you're trying to accomplish here through the text today. Can you see him? Can you see this? This great Christ, the one that we talked about, all of his glory and his accomplishments in our life, the God manifest in the flesh, heaven's lamb. Can you see him? Because he's our prime example. I want to remind us there's been a lot of great men along the way, and I'm all for honoring, and I think we should. I think it's right. We teach our children to say brother and sister because we are. We, we try to teach our children to say thank you and you're welcome and to speak with honor. And my kids know one of the worst things you can ever do is talk disrespectful to my wife because she was my wife before she was your mom. We try to teach this respect. I thank God I could list off great men along the way. Oh, these great men that have helped shape my life and these great ladies of God that have helped shape us. But our prime example was the God manifest in flesh that got down at the feet of Judas and already knows what's in his heart. 
Until the very end, he's about to tell the disciples, he's about to tell them the one that, that is going to take up the sop, the one that I'm about to give. He's, he's going, he knows what's happening. And regardless of where you fall theologically on this argument, I'm telling you the feet. Well, I don't understand how that can be. Let me say something to you, Colton. I didn't expect to say this, but I feel it so strong. As your pastor, I want to always be a humble servant. And I want to teach you that if you really want to do something for the kingdom of God, you got to give people a chance. You got to, listen, even Judas in his betrayal can't do anything but fulfill the will of God. No one, no one, no one, no one can deviate God's will for your life if you will let him lead you. Amen? He's serving. He's washing. And he's drying. And I understand that in our modern day culture, this could be an odd thing. But can I tell you, in a generation, in a world that is so consumed with serve us, Christ is still saying serve others. And he dries those feet. And none of the disciples know. He doesn't let them know. He's about to enter into a dialogue. They're going to get back around the table and he's going to get up and he's going to, he's going to take the water and he's going to put the water away and he's going, to, he's going to take that towel and he's going to lay that towel aside and he's going to kind of let that begin to dry. He's not going to worry about that. And the Bible says that the garments... Because after you serve, you go back to what this is all about. I'm not serving so that they'll applaud me for serving. Because <laughs> if we do that, then we're serving our egos and not. It seems to be this moment in John 13 where the, where the garments go back on and then this dialogue begins to occur. This, this spot at the table, this sitting at the table, get the camera so they can see it over here. I want them to be able to understand and see what's happening here. And, and, and here we are and we're back at the table in this dialogue that's beginning to happen that there's one here, even at this table. And some of us, if we're not careful, we would ask ourselves, well, how could he possibly, if it is, if it's there, how could he, how could he wash the feet of Judas? To which I would say, let's not forget the closing of the chapter is that he's going to look at Peter and say before the, the cock crows strike, you will deny me three times, not once, not twice. How many times? So we got a betrayer and we got a denier. And we got firmly affixed between the two, a servant. A servant. So much so, he so much continues to even serve Judas that track, track it down through the rest of the story and watch that when he hands it to him, even though he's revealed it and Peter starts looking over at the one that lies on the bosom of Christ, this John that is so close and he says, he says, wait a minute, who is it? Ask him who it is. Maybe you've got an inside and ask him who it is and, and he begins to try. He wants this dialogue. Who is it that will betray him? Who, who is it? And, and Simon Peter is so adamant, I'll never... Because if we're not careful, we don't think we could ever be the guy. 
We don't think we could ever be the girl. If we're not careful, we're so busy, ready to cast judgment on someone else, we forget the example is to serve them in spite of. Yeah, but you don't know how they hurt me. You don't, you don't know what they're, con, they're conspiring against me. The word and the example of Christ is serve anyway. And down to the very end and the bread that is given. And Judas, the Bible says, the Bible says Satan completely <laughs> enters into him. It's astounding. Open your Bible to John 13, if you will. I'll land before long. I know the time. Go to verse 26. John 13 and 26. Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And he had dipped the sop. He gave it to Judas. He takes this bread. He gives it to Judas, the son of Simon. And after, oh, Judas, how can you feast with no fear? After the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest. That's right. Go ahead and get them on. Because I've washed your feet and I've gave you bread, but I couldn't change your heart. Let me deliver God's word to God's people this morning. It's not your job to change their heart. It's your job to let him change yours. Well, the guy and I could do everything I want to try to change your heart. It's not my job. I preach this gospel. Do everything I can to serve, but I can't change their heart. But he, I'm supposed to serve to the setup of opportunity. But here he is, old Judas. He's had his feet washed. He's had his feet dried. He still gets his sandals on. Still has the audacity knowing Knowing what's in his heart and his mind. God, help the individual that cannot feel the conviction of Christ. One great writer of American history said the, the epitaph of America will be, we died because we could not be bothered. Shake us to service. He said, what, what you're doing, that thou doest, do quickly. Judas gets up and he leaves. Now watch this. Let me represent, you may be seated, thank you. Now let me represent the rest of this. Of all these scriptures, the most astounding to me at this time is verse 28 and 29. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. 
But having received the sop, he went immediately out. It was night. That's what the Bible says. But I'm going to tell you, it was night in Judas's heart before it was night in the environment. How could we sit there and we've got, the tw- we've got these disciples that are so close. How is it that Jesus would not take the moment to say, this is Him. He's the one. Because Jesus is not trying to condemn. I see fully God and fully man to the nth of the extent. Judas. And maybe, maybe some in this room would think I'm wrong and I know there was a will of God to be completed. But I'm going to tell you here and now, I believe that to the very last breath, every man's got hope. And if you're in this room today, in fact, there are some in this room today that are thinking, yeah, this is great, but if you knew what I had done... Isn't it astounding that even in this moment when Christ could have pointed it out and could have spoke of the betrayal and could have been honest in front of his peers, he rather took it with him to the cross to keep from embarrassing somebody worth embarrassing. Pastor, this is kind of heavy. What are, you, what are you preaching this for on a Sunday morning? Because the Lord is calling us to serve one another. He's calling us to serve one another. Open your Bible up and let's finish the chapter together. I wish somebody would just repeat after me. I want to be like Jesus. Pastor Lopez, I want to be like Jesus. I want our ministry to be like the guy and I want our team. Brother Barkus, I want our team to be like Jesus. Man, I feel the the weight of that this morning. We're serving people that are addicted. I want to be like Jesus. We're serving people that too quickly say things they shouldn't say. How many know it's true? Post things or say things or do things. So let's get mad and retaliate. No, no, let's not do that. Let's just serve like Jesus. Had an elder minister tell me one time, you'll know whether you're really a servant by how you react when someone treats you like one. If I'm going to be a servant of Christ, I've got to be prepared to be treated. Everybody up on this platform behind me that's going to serve in music, be ready for the critiques. If you haven't had them, it was too loud or you were, should have hit the key or why didn't you write at this or why didn't you say that or why didn't you sing or why, 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 why? And you know what we do, Sister Gallion? Probably a thousand times we just smile and say, we're going, we're going to try our best to do better. What about when you've done everything you can to serve the Lord and sickness still hits the home? Or tragedy still disrupts the marriage? What what about when you've done everything you can and yet here it comes? I still got to serve. I still got to serve. What about when you pray for people you thought you had a word God was healing and then he doesn't? we are. John 13. Let's complete it. Jesus, what are you teaching us? 
Therefore, when he was gone out, verse 31, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. God glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little, yet a little while. Are you okay today? I hope I'm not taking. Yet a little while am I with you. Brother Mac, I can't. I can't ration this. If you're with us for a little while, why are you washing feet? This is it. We're down to the end of this. Let's go heal some eyes. Let's go make some, some limbs grow. Let's go get some dead people. Why this? Don't, don't bring us to the end of it all and wash our feet. And Yet a little while, I'm with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. How? 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 Here's this new commandment. You love one another like I. Anybody feel the weight of this this morning? You help pastor out just a little bit. Do you feel what I'm trying to display here? Trying to relay this word. That you love one another as I have loved you. That's what his word said. That ye also love By this, this is it. This is the hardest part of the whole thing. I promise you, living up to this is a lot harder than letting Jesus wash your feet. This is a lot harder than getting in one of those old-fashioned lines where we put the rubber-made tubs in front of each other and get down on our hands and knees and pray to God that we can get through this moment. This is it. This is it. He said, by this. Shall all men know that ye are what? 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 What is it? If ye have. What about if they talk about you? What about if they hurt you? What about if they lie on you? You're not responsible for they. You're responsible for you. I'm responsible. I come to you in the fear of the Lord on this Sunday morning. As we sit here on the precipice of what I believe a great year in the things of God. And we've been having revival services. Such deep moves and touches of the Spirit. People seeking, humbly seeking God. Hands lifted. Demonstration in our worship, in our prayer service, and at our altar. I stand before you on this Sunday morning saying God's call to us is love one another. Love one another. I am convinced 
there are people that can be loved back into this body that will come no other way. You need to hear me because I'm going on record. Loving someone does not mean justifying actions. We hate sin, but we love sinners. We hate the wickedness of this world and the draw from a demonic hell. That is real regardless of what anyone wants to say or do. And we hate sin and the effects of sin and the outcome of sin. But we love sinners. We love people. Well, people will know I'm a follower because where I go to church, okay. People will know that I'm a follower because I can quote so many scriptures. Okay. People will know I'm a follower because of the way I walk and the way I look and the way. People will know you're a follower if you love one. Would you lift your hands all over this room with me? God, who are you asking me to serve on this Sunday morning? Maybe not physically, but at least symbolically, whose feet am I supposed to be washing that I'm not? If you could wash Peter's feet and you could wash Judas's feet, oh God, I haven't talked to them in five years because they hurt me. Man, I feel something moving through this room right now. I need you to lift your hands. and I'd like all of our prayer warriors to begin to pray out loud and create a comfortable environment for prayer in this room. Oh, Jesus. Brother Stumble, why don't you just come play a little bit here? I... I I feel like someone needs to begin to pray, God, increase my capacity to love. Increase my capacity to love. Come on, there's a deep stir in this room right now. How can I serve you better? (laughs) 
Come on, it can't be based on how long they've been in the church. It can't be based on how... This is not about pedigree. This is about discipleship. O King of kings, O Lord of lords, judge my heart. Help me to be pure. God, if I'm going to pastor this assembly, help me be a servant. Oh, there's a deep cry in this room today, both to serve and to be served. Kingdom of God. Be increased in this place. Somebody might just want to turn around and make that pew an altar right now. You're obviously welcome if you want to come in the altar area and just pray, but God, search my heart, search my mind. Would my hands wash the feet of Judas? Does my heart have the capacity to love those who hurt? Don't let me be bitter. Help me be better, oh God. If you're a visitor, we serve you today by praying for you. Maybe you're newer to the faith. We want you to know God loves you. If right where you're at right now, you'll begin to say, Lord, forgive me for any sin. Anything in my heart. It might be old hurt against a parent. And maybe it was justified. Somebody in this room, you're carrying old pain against a spouse, and I'm here to tell you, you can't do anything about that now. You've got to let that go. He's called you to serve in spite of what's happened to you and in spite of what will happen to you. Can't trust anyone with your heart because someone else broke it. You have a hard time trusting God as your father because of what yours did. He's going to strengthen your service today if you'll let him, God, take every sin, take every hurt, take every pain. Call on you, Lord. 
Oh, I feel inter intercession trying to erupt in this room. I, God, help me to serve that unsaved family member. I've put so much energy into being right. And I've put so little energy into the basin and the towel. been so interested in the garment that I haven't taken it off in a while and just picked up a towel and a basin and some water. If you don't know what to pray right now, it'd be a good time to just pray, Lord, help me be more like you. However that sounds from your heart, your lips to God's ears right now, help me. Help me to be more like you. I'm else that's it go ahead and cry out all over this room it's a good thing they're going to sing but don't let these lyrics replace your prayer